0: Welcome to the podcast for First Presbyterian Church of Arlington Heights. These are the audio versions of the sermons preached each Sunday. I hope you enjoy. Listen now for God's word as it comes from Mark's gospel, the 11th chapter, verses 1 through 11. When they were approaching Jerusalem at Bethphage and Bethany, near the Mount of Olives, he sent two of his disciples and said to them, go into the village ahead of you, and immediately as you enter it, you will find a colt tied, a colt that has never been ridden. Untie it and bring it. And if anyone says to you, why are you doing this, just say this. The Lord needs it, and we'll send it back here immediately. They went away and found a colt tied near the door, outside in the street. As they were untying it, some of the bystanders said to them, What are you doing, untying the colt? They told them what Jesus had said, and they allowed them to take it. And then they brought the colt to Jesus and threw their cloaks on it, and he sat on it. Many people spread their cloaks on the road, and others spread leafy branches that they had cut in the fields. Then those who went ahead and those who followed shouted, saying, Hosanna, blessed is the one who comes in the name of the Lord, blessed is the coming of the kingdom of our ancestor David, Hosanna in the highest. Then Jesus entered Jerusalem and went into the temple, and when he had looked around at everything... As it was already late, he went out to Bethany with the twelve. The word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. I can remember being a small child in Arlington Heights, and one of the highlights of that childhood was coming downtown to go to either the Memorial Day Parade or the Fourth of July Parade. You wanted to get here early and crowd up at the curb so you could catch the candy that was being thrown. The adults were more concerned about whether or not the band was going to really play a march or were they going to just bang their drums as they walked by. In my first home, Syracuse, New York, there weren't many parades of that nature, but when I got to Louisville Oh, now there's a parade to end all parades. It's even bigger, I think, than the Macy's Thanksgiving Day Parade. Until you live in Louisville, you think that the Derby is just a horse race. Two minutes and millions and millions of dollars won and lost. But when you live in Louisville you realize that it is a two-week festival celebration with events almost every night of the week. They begin with an elaborate and enormous firework display over the Ohio River two weeks before the Derby, and then just a few days before the Derby comes the Pegasus Parade. Now, I don't think the choir was talking about this white horse, when they spoke of Jesus riding in. For the Pegasus Parade, you can actually buy tickets to sit on a bleacher in certain areas of the parade, or you can bring your lawn chairs downtown very early, 7 a.m. or 8 a.m., and actually leave them at the curb and sort of block off your space. And then what we would do would be to pick the kids up after school rather than having them ride the bus with a cooler full of snacks because the parade is two hours long. And we would bring them down to that place where we had saved seats. The first time I told my dad that we had actually left our lawn chairs in downtown Louisville from 7 a.m. to 4 p.m., he couldn't quite believe that they were still there. But... I think there's an unwritten law in Louisville that for the Pegasus Parade, you do not steal lawn chairs. (laughs) The story we read from Mark's Gospel today and that the children portrayed at the 930 service from Matthew's Gospel is referred to as the triumphant entry into Jerusalem. As Christians, we have claimed Palm Sunday as a day of celebration. A crowd gathers as Jesus enters the city, and while there are no bands or candy, there are certainly loud shouts of excitement and a big crowd. Hosanna! Blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. Hosanna in the highest, shout the people. They welcome Jesus as they would a victorious king, in an age-old way that was first used by the Greeks, who would present palm branches to victorious athletes. And later, when Simon Maccabee reclaimed the city of Jerusalem, palm branches were waved for his victory. It is Passover, and the city is crowded, really crowded, with Jews coming from all over the countryside and hillside towns and villages to bring their offering, this one annual pilgrimage every year. There may have been a military presence, Romans out on their horses in full military regalia just to remind the Jews who it was that was really in charge. Even without the candy and the marching bands, the crowd is excited, and you can feel both the excitement and the tension begin to increase. In 1965, in Selma, Alabama, the anticipation and tension was also increasing. Only 2% of the black population in that city in that year had been able to register to vote. There were two groups in the city that were working hard to get that right to register to vote for all black people. It was the Student Nonviolent Coordinating Committee and the Southern Christian Leadership Conference, working with Martin Luther King Jr. and his team of people that were teaching civil disobedience. On March 7th, a group of people supporting voters' rights began to march They were made up of both black and white supporters. Congressman John Lewis, at that time in his early 20s, a member of the Student Nonviolent Coordinating Committee, was one of the leaders of this march. He writes about it in his memoir, Running with the Wind. The plan was to march from Selma to Montgomery where they hoped to talk to the governor, George Wallace, about the right to register to vote. These nonviolent marchers marched over the Pettus Bridge, not unlike Jesus and his disciples, approached the gate to the city of Jerusalem. And as they got to the crest of the bridge, they saw the blockade of law enforcement officials waiting The brutality of these law enforcement officials was well known. The group was ordered to disperse, and when they refused, they were so brutally beaten that to this day, that day is known as Bloody Sunday. Congressman John Lewis was beaten so badly that he almost lost his life that day. Now, timing is everything, whether you're organizing a parade or a protest march. The protest march was centralized in Selma because the people believed that the opportunity, the culture in Selma was ripe for this kind of change. When you're managing a parade, you need to make sure that there are not large gaps between floats and bands and other civic organizations that may be marching. So timing is important. And timing is everything for Jesus as he rides into Jerusalem at the beginning of the Passover celebration. When they get to the Mount of Olives, which today looks down into the old city of Jerusalem and is really not a very far walk at all, Jesus sends two disciples to get a colt. Not just any colt, but a colt that no one has ever ridden. He seems to be signaling that he might be ready to make a statement About his kingship. But Jesus is silent about his intent, except to tell the disciples how to explain their need for the colt. When the disciples return with the colt, they place garments upon it, and Jesus sits on it as though he were indeed royalty. This is another indication that Jesus is ready to announce himself as the new king, the promised Messiah, the one coming to return power to the Jews. Indeed, as he enters Jerusalem, he is greeted by throngs of people, throwing their coats on the ground as they would to make a clean path for the royalty, waving their palm branches, shouting Hosanna as they did around Simon Maccabee when he entered the holy city hundreds of years before this. They cry out, Hosanna! Hosanna! Blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. And yet, as the anticipation and excitement of the crowd grows, the tension in the current power structures, both religious and political, Grows exponentially. It is bad enough when Jesus creates his scenes in the small hillside villages along the way to Jerusalem, teaching on healing on the Sabbath day, teaching things that people have never heard before, talking about the coming of God's kingdom. Yes, bad enough in the small villages, but now, now he's entered the city the major city, he must be stopped. Timing is everything. And so maybe, just maybe, Jesus wasn't planning to be part of a parade. Maybe he wasn't necessarily trying to announce his kingship. Maybe he was thinking more along the lines of a protest march. Maybe he knew it was time to push the envelope for the current religious and political leaders, especially those in Jerusalem. Not unlike the marchers 50 years ago in Selma, Alabama, maybe Jesus knew it was time. It couldn't be put off any longer. It was time to make a stand, time to show others that this was different. Things were going to change whether they liked it or not. Maybe it was time to dig in to the hard and sometimes dirty work of redemption. Jesus was passionate passionate about redemption and justice. He inherited that passion like a good Jew would inherit it from the prophets that came before him. So maybe on this particular day, as he and his disciples are entering Jerusalem during the Passover festival, Jesus is pushing the envelope in being heralded as a king. And perhaps even the people shouting Hosanna recognized that this was more than a parade, that it was indeed a protest march. And maybe those who had been waiting for the Messiah since they were babes in a cradle, maybe they were sick and tired of the injustice and oppression that they had suffered And so as they shouted Hosanna, they too were protesting. Because after all, to herald anyone as king other than those that the Roman government held up would be treason. The people that marched on that Pettus Bridge early in March of 1965 were looking for change. They were demanding change. They were acting for change. They didn't want trouble, but they got trouble. It didn't stop them. It slowed them down, but they still knew that the timing was right and Selma was the right place. And now even more than before, since Bloody Sunday had been spread all over the major news media and local and major newspapers, now more than ever was the time for change. President Johnson had to take notice. Governor Wallace had to take notice. Martin Luther King Jr. himself went to Selma to march the second time. Just two weeks later, a federally sanctioned march. This time, the marchers were protected by the National Guard. This time, they crossed the bridge and they walked all the way to Montgomery. Fifty-four miles and five days later, they were on the steps of the Capitol. And while they didn't get an audience with the governor as they requested, President Johnson did indeed sign into law voting registration protection rights in August of 1965. Things changed. Even today, people line the streets at the Mount of Olives. They line the streets and they walk down into the part of the city known as Old Jerusalem. And most of them are probably tourists, but still they participate in the march, waving their palm branches, shouting to the king in a variety of languages. It is a parade-like atmosphere, but make no mistake about it, more is happening. A statement is being made. It is a statement of dignity and love. It is a statement of grace and redemption. It is a statement not unlike the one made on the Pettus Bridge fifty years ago. Not unlike statements of redemption that still need. To be made today. It is a statement not unlike the one Jesus made when he rode into Jerusalem on a colt. It is a statement that says we will, we will continue to work for redemption in our world. We will continue to involve ourselves in risky acts to bring about justice for others And for ourselves, we will love unconditionally and we will hold hands with friend and stranger alike and face whatever it is that needs to be faced to do away with injustice and oppression today. Because deep inside, we long to be part of the work of redemption, God's. Redemption. The week, the week did not end well for Jesus and his followers, just like the first march didn't end well for those on the Pettus Bridge. But in both cases, the work of redemption was begun. And in both cases, redemption is to be found. Not in the beating, not in the suffering but in the courage that was displayed by Jesus and his followers, by King and Lewis and their followers. Jesus knew he was entering a city where the power was stacked against him. And those who chose to cross the bridge that first day knew the brutality of the law enforcement officers, and still they went. Jesus entered Jerusalem. The people walked the bridge. And today in Indiana, because of legislation recently signed into law by that governor, People are engaging in their own acts of civil disobedience to get rid of justice and oppression. Finally, the right to register to vote was won for people of all colors. Still, I suggest we have a long way to go in getting rid of our racism. Finally, Easter comes. And although we have to walk to the cross first, ultimately, we will be reminded that acts of courage and compassion will always, always lead to redemption. And we can be part of that redemption. Amen. Thanks for listening. And if you want to learn more about First Presbyterian Church of Arlington Heights, Please visit www.fpcah.org for more information on service times, directions, and to learn more about the First Prez Family of Faith.